Gumby. Something heart. That's yeah. all I can remember. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movies for Win <laughs> with special guest, friend of the show, Will Reno, introing us with the Gumby theme song. You recognize it from Gumby. the Gumby show. Gumby. Gumby. Oh my God. Yeah, I remember it just like it was yesterday. I can't get enough of that classic tune. It takes me back to childhood every time I hear it. Yeah. Gumby. It's nice to know that the, uh, the me paying off the Russian bots finally got the movie into the uh, podcast, so I'm happy to <laughs> say I rigged the uh, vote. I, I just, it should have been thousands of votes for Gumby. Is that, is that, was that what the final was? Yes, it was Gumby, um, 1,002, which I believe was two legitimate <laughs> votes, and uh, the runner-up had eight, um, and no Ooh. one was suspicious. It was quite the discrepancy. <laughs> so Movies for Win aficionados yeah, yeah. will notice that we are missing the sexiest member of of the podcast greg work the leg work johnson he is currently in washington dc stealing the declaration of independence today we have producer and savior of the show vanessa taylor hello and of course as we've already introduced friend of the show will reno will would you tell the audience just a little bit about who is will reno what is he all about that people are dying to know everyone's asking i uh i can probably sum up uh will reno by saying he is someone who's been uh, heckling the producers of the show to put Gumby on the show for the last, I don't know, six months or so? Yes. At the very uh, least. It's been a while. Yep. It's been a while. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, outside of my Gumby adventures, I am a soccer coach, uh, and we just had a team dinner tonight, and we talked about our favorite movies. One of my players told me they their favorite movie was Zoolander, and then the other said, I love that movie. My favorite movie is Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> so two very different players, and then but you, uh, gave you know them it's good. A drug it's good. Test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But okay, we need to talk. I have a cup for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, soccer and Gumby—that's probably how you could sum it whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The people need to know that Will actually once ate one thousand slices of pizza. Oh a my year. god! Oh, and we're okay. not even going to okay. get into all the right. Microsoft Excel, right. okay? But <laughs> it's okay. a big deal. Right. It's a big right. deal. He makes yeah. a killer yeah. spreadsheet. Boy, does he. Yeah, in case you're wondering, I did use a spreadsheet to track my pizza count that year. And yes, it was about three slices a day. That is true. That is true. Oh, but we got through it. So this week, because Greg is gone, we are doing an annual movie list um, episode. Me and Vanessa make a movie list every year on New Year's Day of the 50 movies we are going to watch. It's one of our favorite traditions as a couple. Yeah. Um, Will also heckled us into putting the Gumby movie on our list. Um, it took yes, him about yes, two yeah, years, yeah. but he pulled it off. <laughs> um, and the long, That's a real long con we've had here. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it was on the poll. The other two poll winners were Good Morning Vietnam starring robin williams and uh pink flamingos pink flamingos right i don't know why i couldn't remember it pink flamingos ladies and starring gentlemen divine. <laughs> starring divine we're gonna As get into that divine. um will will just be joining us for the gumby movie because he didn't want to watch the other two and has stuff to do and he heard that the last time there was a clusterfuck uh it went on for like 10 hours and he was like <laughs> fuck that shit <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I stay in my lane. I, I'm that kind of guy. I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to venture out. I know what's good for me. So He knows pizza and Gumby. And Fair a enough. little bit of soccer. Pizza, Gumby. We love pizza, Gumby, yeah. soccer, and Excel on the side. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But before we get into the coverage of our movies, what has everyone been watching lately? Will, you seen any good movies or TV shows this week? Um, you know, I started the Harley Quinn 
uh, animated series. I don't know if that's a. Uh, I w- I started watching it because I heard Aquaman was in it, and I he was he was in it for like five seconds in the first two seasons combined, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> wasn't a real big uh, feature player there. But I get roped in anyways. You uh, said so two I picked seasons that up. of Harley Quinn for that little Aquaman, but you just trust. I he thought would he show was gonna. I, you know, I, I thought he was going to come back. I thought just one bit. I was like, oh, surely he'll return, but that was not the case. Um, the first episode of season three was okay. You know, they got to set up some shit. So, you know, we're, we're going to... Can I say shit? Yeah, we shit say shit, fuck, the... piss, cunt, anus, butthole, and pee hole on this show. Okay, well, those are all kind of different levels, but okay. <laughs> 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 no, like, butthole and fuck or... Okay, that's fine. Uh, but that's been, that's been me. What, what have y'all been watching? Um, well... The only thing we didn't watch together this week that I was going to mention was uh, Enemy of the Show. Davis Kauk and I uh, started an annual tradition this year. Um, Every year we watch an entire slasher franchise, and we're getting older. And we usually just do it in October for Halloween, but we realized we picked a longer franchise than we've ever done this year. And we're busier than ever, and Davis's bachelor party is during October, so that's going to count off a whole weekend, so... We started uh, Halloween. We watched the first two Halloween movies this weekend, and it was really fun. Um, the rest, Vanessa. How, and I, how many? How many Halloween movies are there? I don't even remember. Too it's, many. It's a lot. It's a lot. I thought there were like three, to be honest. Oh so no, I'm there's way like, off. Boy, are you wrong? <laughs> there's like so much retconning that there's like at least three different timelines in the movies that have been made. You know, <laughs> like there's okay, and there's okay, one coming okay. out in October, so there's about to be one more. So. Good. It's ambitious Good. this year. Um, mm. Vanessa and I watched... What the fuck is Girl in the Picture? Oh, we watched a serial killer yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl in the Picture. I completely forgot about it until right now when I pulled out my yeah. list of what I watched this week. I thought it was pretty good. What do you think, Nessa? I, I liked it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I like serial killer documentaries and kidnapping and understanding more things. It's by the same people who did Abandoned in Plain Sight? No. Kidnapped in Vanished plain, in plain sight? Nope. Kidnapped in plain sight? I don't know. It was it was a documentary that was Crazy Town Banana Pants. Abducted in plain Abducted sight. Abducted in plain sight. That's what it is. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Disappeared um, in plain yeah. sight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this this one was just as... Well, I don't know if it was just as Banana Pants, but like, it was pretty... It was, it was pretty convoluted. Um these these makers they do they do some good twists and turns and like levels of i mean they don't make these stories insane the stories themselves are insane but the way that they tell Mm. them is also quite the reveal so Mm. it was one of those that i was like if this were gonna be that good i would have heard people talking about it by now and then Mm. it was good you know like it was that good you know i was like damn i would have thought this would generate more buzz um and i had heard people talking about it so you know (laughs) maybe I'm not in the right true crime communities, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, we also watched... I'm a, I, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm just I'm surrounded by college kids, so typically it's the opposite. If they're recommending something, I'm like, this is probably not for me. <laughs> uh, this is just like a... Not, not my option. Not More my option. anime, guys? How many... <laughs> um, we also watched the 45th installment in the Predator franchise, yeah. Prey. Um, oh oh. I thought it was pretty good. There were some <laughs> yeah. really good, really good action scenes okay. in there. Uh, you know, there's a bajillion Predator movies at this point, and this one mm-hmm. is better than most. Uh, yeah. I, I do think it's a little overhyped. I heard a lot of people really losing their shit over it, and I was like, I mean, 
it's a good action movie, very much in the spirit of 80s action. You know, like, it, but, like, it's not, like, a stop the world and watch it, it's so fucking amazing type of thing, I wouldn't yeah. say. But I, I did really enjoy it. I thought mm-hmm. it was good. What'd you think? I, I liked I, it. I, I thought it was good. Um, I also, like, I liked to the, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff about it as well. Like, I thought the movie was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, it seemed like it was going to be kind of just a cut-and-dry, like, copy-paste of other things, and then they did some differences, but not, like, a ton. Yeah. Um, it was it was close enough to the main franchise that it was definitely part of the Predator, you know, world, universe thing. Um, but I also, like, I really like, they used all, you know, indigenous actors. Um, it's dubbed all in... Um, Cherokee. Cherokee. Nope. Oh. Uh, oh my gosh. Comanche. Thank you. Yeah, Comanche. My bad. Um, mm. Yeah, dubbed in Comanche, or you can watch a dubbed version all in Comanche. Um, and some of the producers and stuff were all like indigenous writers and creators. So I pretty thought sweet. that was you know sick, sick, yeah. pretty cool for yeah. that movie in general of like a what would be kind of a lazy franchise. Yeah. That could just be like let's just make tropes and caricatures of indigenous people um and probably have in the past yeah doing something that was very like centered in or i i believe i don't really know i didn't do that much research but it sounds like they had some people who were centered in the historicity of the comanche culture and stuff yeah i think it's just a statistical inevitability that like if they just keep making predator movies as a function of time every so often they'll accidentally make a good one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i can see that well i wonder if it's one of those things where it's like if it's just a like coherent movie everyone's like a sigh of relief like oh thank god it like made sense what an amazing film right. like well i feel like it's, there's an exponential if it's like a five out of ten for some people it's like a ten out of ten thing yeah that makes a so, lot of sense i could see that that, that might be yeah. taped because there's a lot of people who love predator and really want a reason to like the new movies yes. they're making yes. you know yeah. like and if you don't make it yeah. that yeah. hard yeah. for them they'll they'll do it <laughs> yeah they're in they're in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did the uh, did the hunted become the hunter at one point i don't want to spoil i fucking it. love when that yeah, happened oh wait no spoil okay we don't, yeah, maybe it does maybe it doesn't yeah. we don't know it was a we really cool comparison <laughs> about how if you were an indigenous person in north america white people were kind of like vicious aliens that landed and destroyed everything you loved so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give yeah, that away. That. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, yeah. Enough about what we've been watching. Oh, I also was watching Love Island. So oh, Vanessa, should I should not overlook <laughs> Love Island UK. Excuse so, me. Yeah, yeah, you're. Excused. Vanessa did watch the worst show ever. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> continuing to watch it. It is quite long. There's like 50 episodes per season. So. I like can't be in the room when it's on. Like I, there's like there's. I was I was gonna ask. Yeah. There's some stuff like some like dating reality stuff that I've gotten into that mm-hmm. you've liked. This is something that like, just every second of the show annoys me just a little bit more than the previous second. It's and fair. I've, I've it's got about five minutes okay. before I just reach a breaking point and have to leave the room. Yeah. Hate it. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, what is? It's not for you. Have you can I throw one more thing out there yeah. that I had stumbled on? Of course. Have you, are y'all familiar with Rat in the Kitchen? Are y'all familiar with I that show? Oh, Five yeah. million advertisements for it every episode oh, they, of AEW Dynamite. They are big 
advertised for a certain uh basically they get a bunch of like really average cooks and then they get one guy who's like trying to sabotage and the whole time you're trying to figure out if people are fucking up shit because they're not good cooks or because someone's actually intentionally ruining stuff it is awesome it is still like because you don't know you don't know someone fucks something up it's like i could see the messing that up but maybe they do it on purpose how bad would it feel (laughs) if you weren't the rat but you were such like a horrible (laughs) cook that everyone thought you were i'm pretty sure that like i I haven't seen any of the episodes but i did see the beginning of one where it was like they brought a bunch of rats back um and so it like went Mm. through how they're like just giving some of the highlights of their episodes so i felt like i got a I got a, a, you know, a snapshot of what the show is about just by watching the first yep. 10 minutes of one show because it was recapping the others. It's a good, good chance. Yeah, yeah. Good so chance it was like, yeah. I don't know, they're competing for money, and if you vote other people off, if the rat wins, they win the money, but if they don't, every round, more money goes to the rat, and then they all split it or something like that, I don't know, it didn't make a ton of sense to me, but I felt like I got it a little bit, but it did seem fun, and as someone who really yeah, likes yeah. to cook... I think it would be, it would be very easy to sabotage your dish. Would I be able mm. to make it like like an accident? I think so. I think I know you. Could. <laughs> yeah. I know you could, but you're you're sly. Yeah. You're sneaky when you want to be. That's true. I don't look like I would be. Yeah, that's what a good sneaky person's like. <laughs> you're a little trickster. <laughs> but um, let's get into the movies from this week. Um, the first movie is available to rent on Amazon Prime. Will is headbanging. I'm going to throw to him. Will, will you give us a synopsis of the Gumby movie? Oh, my God. Okay, what the fuck is going on in this movie? It is a genre-bending, most creative piece of art ever. It's probably a fair thing that we can all agree on that we could call this movie. Um, we could call for, it The first... like. We could call it that. First of all, also you could just go or go on YouTube. The whole movie's on there. Oh, That's how it. good the we movie spent is. We three ninety nine on it. Like oh, idiots. Shit. Okay, shit, you know what? It's, yeah, it's, it's art. Uh, art deserves yeah. to be paid for. <laughs> That's right. Right. You're supporting artists. That's right. That's right. Art cloak. He's getting that that paycheck there. Um, okay. So just like to, I mean, what what can't you say about this film? It, it's all over the place. I probably the best way to like for me to really give a sense to like someone who's like, what is Gumby? Is like trying to recap the first five minutes, of which are like completely bonkers. So we start in fucking outer space. Everyone's asking, where is Gumby? And then Gumby shows up as if like 2001 A Space Odyssey, the fucking monolith is floating (laughs) through the air. Who knows why? We don't know why. It splits into two. You've got a green and red. Uh, One's Gumby. He's just the rectangle for this moment. One's the pokey, his little sidekick. Um, they show like an alien eating popcorn watching Gumby on that first intro as well. Gumby goes to goes to the world and at this point you're not really sure if like it's Earth or like a pseudo Earth or if like Gumby's like ever in a book. Like Gumby has this superpower amongst million others that he can just enter a book and he can just be in that book. But like you can like think of like inception of the levels of like book like you could go in a book, in a book, in a book. Like we don't know what is real uh and so the whole time gumby's just a i mean he's basically a child you know like he's not like the smartest and he hurts people's feelings on the way just because he's not being super considerate but in the first first like 20 minutes we've already like wrapped up like major arcs of him like being inconsiderate and he's like trying to be a good friend and 
So I would I would say maybe Gumby is God is probably how I consider it. Like he, you know, he's like trying to do some nice stuff here and there, but like you know he's fucking shit up along the way, you know. And so, he, but he also has like infinite superpowers. Like at some point, he gets cut into like nine pieces, and then they all run away as smaller Gumbies. And then someone's like, "Which one's the real Gumby?" And they're like, "We all are." Like that is a, what the fuck is that? They all just jump back into one Gumby. So. You've got this like very godlike figure who's like just trying to like play music with his friends and trying to raise money for these farmers, which are in a fictional like this is all happening in a fictional book that he entered. He entered a book to help these fictional farmers, but like there's all these other books. He just chooses that one. Feels very uh, feels very Christ-like in that sense of just happening to stumble in and helping these like random people that he stumbled on. Um, so yeah, I think um, if you haven't. If that doesn't sum it up for you, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what will. I just feel like Gumby embraces every aspect of life for all eternity. It's probably how I could put a pin on it. And I, I feel like you've already answered this question, but I'll just ask it directly. What's your relationship with this movie? <laughs> uh, it, I, it, you know, those like that scene in like The Wizard of Oz when like the world goes from black and white to color. Like me watching Gumby was that. <laughs> personal experience where the life was boring and meaningless and had no flavor at all and i saw gumby and i said what like what do i see like this changes everything like what is any movie after that after you see gumby like i don't i you know it's pulling from other movies it's like very terminator vibes it has like a nice star wars call out it has better lightsaber fights than like all the new Star Wars films, which is that awesome. Is true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, very, from a very early age, as someone who wanted to explore and be creative, this really hit that hit that spot for me. I assume pretty similar experience for y'all as well. Um, yeah, right, exactly right? the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my relationship with this movie is uh, Will bothered me to watch it for like three years, and yep. I finally did, and now I'm here to talk about it. Vanessa, do you have any other relationship with it? Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing with like Gumby is uh, like the show I saw a few times as a kid. I think my older brother liked it more. Uh, we definitely had mm. some Gumby. We had a Gumby like figure and pokey mm. um growing up and and that's I, I just remember like playing with gumby and it would move a little bit he was bendable but like not as much obviously as the movie because he's made of clay and we didn't have a clay gumby <laughs> um so but we did have gumby yeah. and pokey that's kind of where my that's that's where it ends uh didn't even know that there was yeah. a gumby movie until you wouldn't stop talking about it and telling us about it uh so you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. No, I mean, yes. I'm thankful, obviously. Um, I, I, I will say the TV show, he is often portrayed in a terrifying, like he looks very scary because uh, it was done so poorly. So it was kind of nice in the movie that he wasn't as like, I don't know, ter terrifying, horror driven. Um, he was so pretty freaking but, scary, man. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. I think Well, the TV you, show like bumps it up a notch. Sure, <laughs> sure. I kind of just want to sit I did here like quietly the, and listen to Will talk about the Gumby movie. That's <laughs> I mean, like, look, is. like, in, so, like, there's, like, a scene within, like, ten minutes where, like, all of Gumby's friends are, like, going down the slide. Or I say all of them. Two of his friends are going down the slide. Pokey's just, like, the, the little sidekick guy, like, gets ran into. Well, of course, they're all made out of clay, and they all get balled into one. And, like, that's, like, kind of a terrifying, like, they're all, like, pull yourself apart. And it's, like, they can't because they're all stuck together. Yeah. And it's a very, and then they like cut him in half and they're like, 
fuck, they're like all oh, getting transfused in the middle, like they're turning into one. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this is like a kid show. And now, like, there's got this, like, mutant sort of, like, you know, end of life sort of situation. And then, you know, they push some buttons to get them out of it. But yeah, it was um, really easy. Yeah, I, resolved. It, <laughs> it was very yeah, scary yeah, yeah, at first. Absolutely. They were like, absolutely. see these dark yeah. spaces. That indicates the yes. fusion right here. The fusion yeah. seems to be worst here, here, and here. <laughs> And then they made them yeah, into I actually, first, and then they were like, well, we know what that button does now, so let's make... <laughs> yeah. They're, like, trying out that machine for the first time ever Yeah. Um, with Gumby, or with whatever, the Dino Man, Goo, and <laughs> Pokey, yep. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, uh, you know, that was some really impressive stop motion, like, yes. melting them all together and separating them and doing mm-hmm. it on camera. I was... I wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, I got phlegm. Mm. I wasn't always amazed with the stop motion, but <laughs> the beginning and the end, you could see where the budget went. Because there's like, mm-hmm. there's a part where like there's a bunch of people at a table and they're just playing like talking sounds and their mouths aren't even moving and their heads just like bounce <laughs> back and forth a little bit. But um, man, the frame yeah, rate yeah. was pretty crazy at certain parts of the movie. Yeah. Like it was pretty impressive. I, I got to give them that for sure. Um, Will's <laughs> synopsis failed to mention because this movie oh, is like a five or six act movie. Yes. The story structure is all yes. over the place. Um, <laughs> there's an arc where those evil blockheads, Gumby's nemesis, nemesis, oh, nemesis. Yeah. Um, well, there are more than one of them. So nemesis, yes. nemesis. Um, mm-hmm. They, they get a hold of a machine that can instantly clone someone and turn them into a robot. And they will be indistinguishable other than they won't be able to play music <laughs> as good as them. Um, and, and there's a dog. And they break if they get wet. There's a dog that cries yeah. pearls when he hears good rock music from Gumby and the clay boys. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to—that's—they're trying to make the dog uh, cry pearls so they can get rich, but the music's not good enough, so it doesn't cry. And then Gumby ends up having like a forty-minute fight scene uh, through multiple books with Robo Gumby. Yeah. Um, real, real kaiju situation <laughs> we've got going on yep. here. A real—I uh, thought it represented the duality of man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay you're you're laughing but there are a lot of questions about like that explore the idea of like self-identity through this whole thing of like who is anyone in this so like in that early scene when all the 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 clay friends so there's three of them there's pokey there's uh prickle who's the dino guy and goo yeah. the the blue flying who is like super op she can fucking yeah. fly around shoot balls she can like cut off parts of her body and wrap up people she's just like she's like she's maybe god of like you know gumby's like maybe the holy spirit or something i'm not quite sure <laughs> i haven't quite figured out the headcan on this but either way as they all get wrapped in so like they they all like go down the slide they run into each other all stuck together for some science i don't know and then as they are go to the hospital and they're getting fixed they get split uh, from each other, but at the same time they double them. So there's two of every person. What a terrifying and reality then the d- they live in. Yeah, and so then like, and then and then the doctor like says some mumbo jumbo. They get thrown all together back into like you know back to their original spots. But then as we're leaving, they're like, well, you know, you think of like the prestige of like who's the real one? You know, like is this a new prickle? Is this this old prickle? Like is this a transformed prickle? And then of course prickle's just like. 
I want to get out of here. I don't like being in this hospital. I don't want a free lunch. He just like they just waltz out, yeah. um, you know. Like and of course with the robot stuff, it's like the whole time you're just thinking like, I mean, are do we really know if the real Gumby or the real Prickle like in it finishes the movie? Like we, it's it's kind of hard to say. So there's a, there is like a lot of weird themes that this movie gets into that are being presented to children which is awesome (laughs) so cool i might even argue that there's a lot of weird themes that you read into that are definitely not being presented to children this is a very movie art cloakley is a genius okay (laughs) there is there is so much going on here like the fact that he doesn't like Everything that happens in a movie prior to it, he's just like, fuck that shit. We're going to do, like, our own thing. All the rules are broken in this film. Like, nothing makes sense. And at every turn, you want to know, like, what's going to happen next. Like, the stop motion isn't great. There's definitely parts where, like, <laughs> people's heads are, like, hidden behind stuff. So, like, you can't see their mouth. Yeah. So, like, the, like they, they were just like, we're going to, like, speed through these scenes. We're not going to spend time on, like, moving the mouse here. Uh, but like you want to see what's gonna happen next because you like anything is possible. They're going in and out of books. Gumby's like turning himself into various things at, at various points. Um, everything's kind of a weapon, and also n- like nothing can hurt anyone. But at the same time, there's still like fear and a sense of like doing what's right and wrong. It is, you know, I I art art cloakly deserves to be like bulldoze the washington monument knock that shit down put up the new art cloakley monument that is what that's the direction that our society needs to I move to uh, yeah yes yeah some, some people okay i mean but would be tour. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean but like would you rather have the washington monument or a giant gumby like i feel like most people in america would say gumby at this point so i i don't know that they would but i also am so fine with that i don't remember gumby owning any slaves and george washington definitely did i think i think gumby deserves it yep. more I, like gumby like he just transcends so many like weird like i think when you think of the uh the action figure thing you just think oh he's like a flexible dude mm-hmm. But the entire time he's like a child trying to do what's right and as like a child watching that like it's very relatable and some of it like oh he's like fucking up he's like trying to be a good friend some of it not very relatable like getting cut into eight pieces like they can't quite relate with that aspect but like there's a lot of it is you're just like oh shit like this guy's like trying to do what's right so just glossed over uh, like i guess children like okay there's some unrelatable stuff like no child can just you know, uh, spawn themselves. clones of themselves that are smaller. Okay, Unfortunately, they probably don't yeah, relate to yeah. that aspect of Gumby. But like, <laughs> mostly any kid would relate to Gumby, and I, I, I think this is just—it's a children's movie, and there was so much funny stuff of like he's having a lightsaber fight and cutting the hands off of Robo Gumby, and he's like, the only way to kill him is to get him wet, and I'm like, or. You could cut off just his head, but you can't do that because this is a kid's movie. You can't yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when he got chopped up, like yeah. I thought they just like completely fucking butchered Gumby in the third, <laughs> the final yeah. moments of the movie. Was, <laughs> just, him yeah, all apart. yeah. Like, Good God. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, we did we did breeze over a really important fact about or a, a important character, the blockheads, which. I had to look into like why they're the bad guys. So I, if you're unfamiliar with Gumby or haven't seen the movie, there's two. Nemesis. It was it Nemesis. Yeah, Nemesis. Yes. 
Nemesai. <laughs> yeah, there's two Nemesai, which are these red figures who have cubes-shaped heads, and they have different letters on. There's apparently a whole alphabet of them, but in this movie, we just see G and J for who knows why. But I had to go look up, and this is from the Gumby Wikipedia, so you know it's obviously oh accurate. The G and J but are they're, to they're, imply that they're God and Jesus. Yes. And Gumby <laughs> oh, no, is no. the okay. devil. Yes. That's why they <laughs> <laughs> You really misinterpreted this, that. Will. That's, yeah, <laughs> shit. Um, okay, okay. Well, the Gumby Wikipedia says, the reasons behind terrorizing Gumby and those around him are never elaborated on, suggesting that they're simply uh, malevolent in nature. However, the 2017 comic revival reveals that they're evil because they're a minority group oppressed by the clay people simply due to the shape of their heads and therefore desire revenge. Damn, they really What other movie has that? What? Yeah. Will, was that a was that comic? Yeah. Uh, does Wikipedia say was it written by uh, you? <laughs> <laughs> Artist Will Reno. <laughs> way to, yeah, way to yeah, plug I your wish, work. I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you can buy this comic for Will Reno in a comic he drew yeah. in his journal <laughs> expanded upon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, like, what other film? do you watch where like you go google why the bad guy is doing what they're doing which i guess you could maybe say is a fault of the movie for not explaining i don't really see it that way i think of like oh wow they've sparked interest in the viewer to find out more about this canon that they've presented so 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 i actually think i mean i'm i actually think the reason why they're because they're they're also the people who are like in this fictitious world with the which one i mean i i have so many things sorry i'm gonna start at the beginning um there's so much to say about so gumby i say completely about agree gumby. there's so many questions <laughs> that i have about the rules of gumby's world however mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the movie we see the the farm people all of the weird terrifying human clay people mm-hmm. because very, they very are terrifying. not okay um they all look terrifying um, the blockheads are, are passing out their loan due dates because uh, apparently they are the ones who own uh, all of the farm's loans. Um, so that's where we first see the blockheads is they're collecting the rents and calling in all their debts and all of the humans are freaking out and um, then Gumby comes in and says, well, let's just do a benefit concert for them and then they all attend one of the concerts. It wasn't I think it was the tri- it was the pre-concert or whatever. The blockheads also attend because they're lovers of music, like we know, just like artful people who love yes. who <laughs> love right. music. And they notice the dog. Very relatable. They notice the dog is crying pearls. They look up the market <laughs> price of pearls, and then they capture the dog. So we have all of this backstory of they're just greedy. That's why it's not really mm. against Gumby. It's they're using Gumby for the dog, and they're they're the big money bags guys of this world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. however my other question is do they live in the book yeah what's that about because my thought is are the human people stuck in the books and the clay people can move from book to book because we never see a human creature move from a book but we've got the professor we've got these other people we go to other books and we see humans in them clay people and all of the other clay 
figure people like Gumby and Gooby and Jimbo and whoever else, Goo and Goober, um, and the Blockheads. Gumby, Jimby, right, Goo, and Goober, the iconic... <laughs> yeah, you got him. The iconic... <laughs> and Pokey, don't forget Pokey. Um, well, Pokey's there, Pokey's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what did you say? Jitters is the dinosaur, whatever? Prickle. Prickle, prickle. Very close. <laughs> he can change into anything... Gumby, With Gumby, his Gumby, pals, Pokey, Pokey Prickle, Gumby. and Goo, he know. can walk through a wall if you want him to. But not Gumby. the humans. Gumby, yeah. Gumby. Um, anyway, oh, I also have a note in here I, that Prickle, um, what is this fucked up bootstrap bullshit coming from Prickle when... They're walking around, they're driving around trying to find Gumby, and again, this first act of, like, the first five minutes, Gumby's just bopping around doing his thing, being like, woo, learning dance moves, um, they're all trying to find him, and they're like, look at those sad people in their rents are due, and the and Prickle's just like, that's why you shouldn't take money loans. Sorry about you. Like, <laughs> they should have been better with their money, I don't know what to tell you. Pokey's like, yeah, you're right. I feel like the whole, uh, not counting the humans that are stuck in the book, or any any of the characters stuck in the books, all of the interactions of like Gumby and the Blockheads and Jimbo and all everyone. (laughs) Actually, there is is one character's name. There's no fucking Jimbo. (laughs) There's no Jimbo. There is no Jimbo. There are characters who are named, which are real, Fat Buckle and Thin Buckle. Yes. Those and are real don't forget no, no Buckle. No Buckle to makes it a no trio. Buckle, no yeah. Buckle, yeah. Yeah, real Art Cloakley really coming in strong with the names. Um, I feel like we're just witnessing spiritual warfare. I feel like this is what's going on. All, all of the gods and spirits are just battling it out, but they're also like eight years old, and this is like early stage spiritual warfare, where like nothing like quite as, it's like you know, all the Greek goddess stuff of like you know, where they're doing like crazy shit, and it's like, oh, okay, like this is it, in claymation form, and being you know, translated for for a seven year old, so I do think the Blockheads can leave the book, but also Well, they clearly can, because they go to the other book that has like the, the, the cloning place yeah, but I, my question is: Are is that whole is basically the whole movie? Is that inside a book, or is that like a location that's like at a bookstore? Like, I kind of wondered if it was like, oh, is this happening like a book inside of a book sort of thing? But I wasn't quite sure because like Gumby goes to Earth. Was it raining rainbow? I don't think it was directed by Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because Christopher Nolan like is a step down. That would, yeah, this would, yeah, he would not do as good of a movie. How that many books true. deep do you think they could go? Like, what happens when you oh, hit book bedrock? Oh, is there ever which, which book is the ultimate book? Because there was also yeah. a book. I noticed this near the end that there's a book of Gumby and Pokey's adventures. If they were to go inside yeah. there, it was when. Gumby was chasing evil Gumby That's, and they go into the that, book beside it and I was like what crazy shenanigans would have happened meta fucking mind if they fuck would shit have is gone this. into their own book and then there would be That's thirds right. of everyone and who would be the real Gumby at that point I, I, I hate to rain on the parade but I, I feel like the answer to all these questions is this was a kids movie with very little thought put into it. Wrong. Made in Stop. Wrong. No, you're wrong. Wrong. Sorry. Sorry. Heretic. Heretic. I've been saying for decades how derivative Christian, uh, <laughs> Christopher Nolan is <laughs> with his dumbass Gumby <laughs> ripoff 
films. These like Gumby is dealing with way more complex themes than Tenet. Give me a That's fucking break. That's why Tenet failed. Everyone was like, "Yeah, I've seen Gumby the movie." <laughs> we got old news here. Yeah, Did you know it's absolutely. called Gumby the movie absolutely. and not the Gumby movie? We keep calling it the Gumby movie. I think we did this like this whole podcast. Yeah, I can. I don't know what the name of the film is to be honest. It's Gumby the movie. Uh, I just we know Gumby's check. in it. Gumby the movie. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Um, there are a lot of questions that I think when one watches a film that are completely reasonable to ask. Um, but um, I think that, that's just a good sign of a good film. I think it's one of those know, movies so. with multiple meanings, right? Like, there's. Mm-hmm. Now you're coming around. Yeah, it's Jenny. kind of Thank like you. Yeah. you ask. It's like it's sort of Lynchian. Um, uh, and, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. I could see a remake with Philip Seymour Hoffman um, in a book, obviously. Um, a, clay, a clay Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, just to use the resources available, uh, voiced by Jack Black. Um, and I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I just. I, a, I mean, I, I have watch a question it. for my own continuity because I will. I will admit. I I fell asleep in the end of, of this movie. Fuck I, off. No, I'm sorry. Fuck you. I'm sorry. Get her out of here. I'm sorry. Get, out, get, get the out. fuck out. Oh, uh, we had two movies to watch. I had to bake a cake, and then we watched this one. We as also well. watched like, AEW Dynamite. It yeah, was a media dense mm-hmm. night for us. It was a big day on top of an early morning. And so, yeah. uh, did they... Because I'm kind of going to be upset if this is not how it ended. This is my own headcanon, so I hope that it came true. Is that they liberate everyone from the, the you know, robots and all of that kind of stuff. The the robot Gumby gets wet and right. um, ends the party. Ooh. Uh, right? I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they, they kill robot Gumby. They get the band back together. They put on the concert and they get the dog to cry pearls and that saves the farms. Uh, you forgot the part where the other robots slipped in a puddle. Um, and what a bummer that Greg's not here this week because this is his favorite genre of, of movie, which is getting the band back together. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Greg had to damn. miss out on that. I thought you were going to say <laughs> falling into a puddle was what That's Greg's his favorite thing that happened in like, movies. Oh. Okay, no, he, he sure. Likes yeah, why rolling not? down hills, and that's not a joke. Uh, <laughs> falling yeah. in puddles it's... doesn't do much for him, but rolling down a hill uh, and a dog shit. that lives to okay. the end—that's. We do love a dog living to uh, the we end. We had a dog live to the end, and we yeah. got the band back together. Greg, where you at this week, man? Where you at? Crickets. Yeah, this is your yeah. Movie. I don't. I don't know if I really. I don't know if I believe him after that. Um, I yeah. I think all, all that adds up. I, I think you're right on that. I will say at the very end. Gumby himself turns off the TV the alien is watching of like the Gumby animated series. So like as we yeah. start the movie, you briefly see this alien eating popcorn right. watching like, the Gumby TV part. show. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's fucking. I, I'm telling you, there's some depth here. People are overlooking. Um, but then like in the last, you know, as it's ending, they're like, "Yay, band's back together." They like zoom out, and then we go to either the moon or like some other planet. Yeah. And we're like briefly with this alien who's watching either the movie we just watched or just another episode of the, the Gumby, Gumby Show. Wait, was it and called then the Gumby's Gumby arm. The Adventures of Gumby and Pokey. Oh, uh, what? I don't fucking well, we know. We gotta the know because the book's The Adventures know. of Gumby and Pokey. Is that a novelization of the show the alien was watching? I mean, I I don't think it was real clear on like I what he was to watching, to be that. fair. All... <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, that's my all I know is. 
Gumby like sticks his arm from inside like the TV out of the TV and then like turns off the TV and then that's how everything ends. The alien just spits out his popcorn and goes, good God, what the fuck was in this popcorn, Marge? How awful, how, you know, that's like... That's like the next level of the Netflix Are You Still Watching judgment. <laughs> if a character on the show yep. just like reached out and turned the TV off and was like, get to bed. You're fucking disgusting. <laughs> you can't see this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to perform for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would be okay with that. Um, I feel like I read something. Yeah, the Gumby universe, uh, including classic kids clay character, acquired by Fox back in the uh, start of the year. So they have plans to make a new series and terrify young children today. I'll bet that hat Christopher yeah. Nolan's just gonna rip it off again. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I... Why hasn't put out anything good? There haven't been any more gummy yeah. movies. It's to all rip just off of. derivative. Just so derivative. <laughs> so derivative. He's just waiting for more gummy yeah. content that he can hijack. He's so excited yeah. about the miniseries. Oh my god. And I loved yeah. my favorite part. Well, I, I had a lot of favorite parts, but I loved that, like, when they snuck As one in, normally yeah, would watching this film. But yeah. when they were, like, <laughs> sneaking into the books, they had no idea where they were going to come out in the actual scene. And so they would just, like, shove their head in, hope that they wouldn't be noticed, and be like, okay, it's. it's, it's <laughs> All's clear to throw my body into this like wall and hope the people already in this room don't notice that I'm now here. By the way, I'm bright pink, so <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrifying reality they live in. Like, uh, what kind of yeah, life would yeah. that be? Okay, speaking of horrifying, the soundtrack in this movie was literally all over the place like when they're going i'm going back to the beginning right now because that's where i noted it down was like in that doctor scene where they're like all three bottle bodies are mm -hmm. entangled it turns dark like the thematic music is like yeah. this is an intense gray's anatomy like surgical scene right here with like suspenseful and intense music that's just like, what's gonna happen? Are they all gonna die? You just started this movie, so strap in. We are not messing around. Like, the soundtrack was literally all over the place throughout this. And then we get back to like, -da -ba 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 -da -da, like chasing Gumby around through books. Uh, Absolutely. I think just another, I just want to point out another act or another director, Ari Aster of Midsummer yeah. fame, definitely ripped off this film with the horror themes. I feel like it's a direct line of watching this movie and watching Midsummer. Uh -huh. Easy to see the ripoffs there. I'm, uh, I'm completely with you. There's a lot. And I, I feel like, I mean, I would have a massive wet dream if Ari Aster did pick up the Gumby series oh and God, just directed yes. it because that is a natural fit. Obviously. And also, he could stop ripping off this film. Um, he did say in an interview that the central metaphor of the lighthouse is that you've got to get the band back together, kill a robot, and save the farm. Yep. That's like what yep. people didn't yep. get. He's so mad that people keep not getting it. Like, it's right there. Um, on the notes of songs... Dude, the song that they that they played at the <laughs> and the, the, the Gumby dance song at the end, the Gumby power ballad, mm. those songs slapped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, those were fantastic <laughs> songs. Yeah, great songs. You've got this one yeah, random play yeah. woman who, like, is Gum Gumby's chauffeur, and then we, like, end the movie on her just, like, 
singing a song about how bad she wants to blow him essentially she's just like god damn gumby oh gumby like the whole song see my thing too is like and you already touched on this a little bit well goo is way cooler than gumby yeah gumby's kind of fucking up shit the whole time and they just keep being like ah there's gumby he's gonna save the day and then he doesn't and he keeps not doing it and he's not picking up on any of the stuff he leaves his friends in their car. It's broken down. They're like, we got to go try to find him. Yeah. And then they can't get him because they have a crappy car. That's Gumby's yep. car. And yeah. I really feel yeah, like it, he... it might. Go ahead. Sorry. I talked over you. Oh, I was going to say, it might be like an Ash Ketchum thing where like everyone's like kind of like, okay, Ash. Yeah. You're the main <laughs> character. But really, we all know. No, they, they do it when he's not listening. Because I really feel like Gumby in universe is very overhyped. Like. Uh-huh. Um, cause like there's a point where people are just talking, like they, they take him to a freezer or something weird like that. And there's two people being like, don't worry. He's Gumby. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. He's going to figure it out. You'll see. Um, yeah. and it's just like, <clears throat> he doesn't even like use his powers to do stuff. That's that cool. Like he could do way cooler stuff with his abilities. Yeah. And he, it's just probably too expensive to animate is why he's not doing cooler stuff. But um, I just feel like this whole world definitely views him as this, like, Christ figure, or at least, like, a Gandhi-type figure. Gandhi, Gandhi, yeah. he's here, and he's will be sure to stay. No. Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. If you have a heart, then Gandhi's a part of you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Also, the fingerprints oh. on the clay creatures, just, like, someone who is the designer of that like they zoom in on like Goomby and who the fuck is Goomby? I'm, I'm just kidding not, not on Gumby but on uh, like Pokey and some of the other ones that have like sharper features like you can clearly see like the fingerprints of the designers as they're like manipulating them and uh, stuff I was actually looking for fingerprints and I never caught any oh I saw, saw so some? many fingerprints that I was like I, I you know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's really more just a metaphor for like, when you look back in the sand, you realize there's only one set of footprints because Gumby's been carrying the entire time. So I, right. I feel like it just, again, again, the depth just lines up here. Yeah. You know, it was we can't. you who sculpted me when I saw but one set of footprints. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. All right, do how do y'all how do y'all wrap up films? I, to remind me, is so it, we 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 go I'm into our to... gimmicks every week. We have a gimmick of the mm. week, which I uh, uh, was remiss not to tell you in advance. Um, what the fuck? We yeah, do our, our favorite line, and then our critic or scores. Um, our gimmick this week is um, your list worthy moment um, of why this movie deserved to be on the annual movie list. Um, I don't think Vanessa wrote one down and Will probably needs a second to think about it, so I'll give mine. Um, it was the 2001 reference, the 2001 A Space Odyssey reference and opening with that. I really was like, what the fuck type of movie am I about to watch right now? Like, I was not expecting a fucking Stanley Kubrick reference. In the yeah. Gumby, and then, like, Gumby is, like, the slab that represents humanity's self-awareness, you know? like <laughs> Yes, yes, yep. Yep. I, I think for me it oh. was like legit it was it was probably the um the lightsaber fight. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. That that was cool. I was 
I was struggling to keep on chugging with it. I felt like it had gone on kind of long uh, at that point. And then the lightsaber fight, I, I had a hard time denying that yeah. it was awesome. It yeah. roped me back in. There that, we go. That there we go. Good. Was far too long. It was like forty <laughs> minutes of Gumby Ver- it was like, so long. I was like, oh, the movie's about to end. They're finally facing off. No, no, it's so good. Gosh, I, um, I just love to imagine that it was like some junior tech on this movie that they were like, all right, we're tired. Like, you have about ten yep. minutes to fill. You get to do whatever you want. Im- like impress us and we're gonna maybe use you in our next movie and he was like oh my gosh i can't blow it it's gotta make sense all i've got is that they've just been fighting so i just gotta keep animating them and if i just bend them again oh okay now we've got what what can make it more exciting lightsabers i love star wars let's go yeah i just uh, yeah. i just Turned got a note i wrote down that i wanted to say on the air yes <laughs> Nice try, <laughs> propaganda machine, but I know that books aren't cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's, that's, uh, what's your gimmick that's of the week? A big um, aside, their, their interest. Uh, I, if I understand the prompt correctly, um, the I don't know, it was a very brief scene, so one of y'all may have fallen asleep during this, but at one point when they were running around... Um, trying to get away from robot gumby who's trying to kill them they go into a farm book that they thought was the like the farm book that they had been in but it turned out to be (laughs) old mcdonald's farm and they fucking go into it and all the animals are just singing old mcdonald the song which like makes you think that like in that book the animals are just non-stop singing the song and it's (laughs) the the animals there's no people there at all it's just animals and it's like fucking cows, ducks. It is like Event Horizon vibes. Yeah, this, like, yeah. Those ducks are just being like, like a duck so, duck here and a duck duck there. Yeah. It just nonstop. It is. That was. And then they just leave. It like was like a 30 second scene. Yeah. They're just like, oh, whoop, wrong book. We got to go to the other one. Uh, oh my gosh. I also forgot the like. It was not a funny scene when they go back. They're in the diner, but they went back to it four fucking times with the milkshake that kept spilling uh, for uh, Prickle. Prickle's milkshake. I was awake the whole time, and I have no recollection of this. Do you know That's what I'm how talking much about, shit Will? happened in this movie. They they kept going back, I know and Prickle exactly was like, my about. milkshake's too runny. And they were like, okay, we'll get you a new one. And then they come back, and they spill it. And he's like, where's my milkshake, though? And then they come back and they give it to him and he's like, you didn't give me a straw. And they knock it over or they, no, the guy pours it on his head and then they wipe it up and then it like goes back to the yeah. bit again that he's like, but my milkshake. And they're like, get in the car. <laughs> We're leaving now. <laughs> Shut up, like, Dad. They got We're tired of on. their own thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. We didn't really have a way to resolve this. We're just going to end the scene. Uh, they all, they all leave. Yeah. That's what we wrote. We wrote, they all, they all just leave eventually. Yeah. But again, yeah, yeah, good yeah. animation. It looked like that was really spilled. It's all clay. Like, it yeah, looked like yeah. it was spilled on his head and in front of him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the shitty animation really makes the good animation look even better. Yes. I think yeah. it was a really smart decision <laughs> yeah. on their part. When the stop motion is good, it is great. When it's bad, it's real bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what's your favorite line in Gumby the movie? Um, this is a real brief one. 
But Lowbelly is the name of the dog that can cry the pearls. And like we said, if you haven't followed the plot, I'll remind you. But the dog gets captured and then turned into, like, it's copied into a robot dog. And so you've got two dogs in the picture. The robot dog gets sent back for some reason. And um, the robot dog gets, like, manure dumped on them at some point. So they go to wash the dog. And then the dog, like, electrocutes and short circuits. And someone, well, I think it was a prickle, but one of, so you've got this, like, there's this bath, the robot dog's in it. He's like totally knocked like out of commission. And then prickle walks up and goes, Hey, this isn't low belly. This is a robot. <laughs> as if like, you've, you've seen like, it's like the Terminator scene where like his skin has melted off as like, obviously like this is happening. Like this like slow dawning effect of like, wait a second, <laughs> this is a robot. I was like, that's, that's pretty good. I really like that part for some reason. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I went with uh, one Vanessa Artie reference, which was another prickle line. Um, uh, it just shows, it just shows you that to borrow money is dangerous. And he says yeah. it with this just like curtness, like yeah. while there's like a crying woman and Gumby's like, we've got to save her. And prickles like, you just gotta be fiscally <laughs> responsible, kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Vanessa, what you got? Uh, I think it's Gumby talking to his other buddies, and they're talking about what they're gonna do to the robot Gumby. And Gumby goes, "Well, I certainly want to deactivate the Gumby robot." Just <laughs> as if anyone was like arguing with him about it. Like, no, we should deactivate him. Some of you may think I want to be friends with it so I can have a second Gumby. I say we kill it. <laughs> <laughs> if there was any question about it. Yeah, there's definitely a number of times in the movie where they're just like making sure the children are on the same page of what's going yeah. on despite showing some ridiculous crazy shit going on like hey did you follow that kid okay just so you know yeah. we're gonna kill the ro robot gumby um, yeah well what is your critiker score 40 40 out of 40 40 out of 40 <laughs> is it seriously easy uh, i think it's a 37 to be totally honest I would have it been a <laughs> it's really out of 40 i thought that was a little low uh <laughs> <laughs> Let me log it. Let me. I have to. I have to look this up. I think it's a thirty-seven. What did What did y'all give it? Um, cover your ears. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna disconnect you. <laughs> no, I gave it. Um, I gave it a thirty out of fifty, which is a passing grade. Um, honestly, I love talking to you about this movie more than I love watching this movie. Um, I did not grow up on it. I did like Gumby as a kid, so I was a little, I had a little bit of a buy-in, but, um, I saw this movie for the first time at age 32 and <laughs> thought from a story structure point, it was a mess. Um, it was not a family movie. It was a children's movie. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot to get excited about, but there's also a lot of like why the fuck is this happening in between the exciting mm -hmm. stuff? So mm -hmm. um, I gave it I gave it a passing grade, uh, but I, I I did I I uh, it, it hurts me to disappoint I know that, you I, like this is what I'm trying to well, say. Well, I I see I see it the other way around. I'm very thankful that you gave it a passing grade because I was I was rewatching. I was like ah, I don't think Denny's gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I thank thank you for the passing grade. I, I just checked. I gave it a 36 out of 40, which puts it in my 99th percentile. That's insane. Because <laughs> nice. yep. I know you've rated a lot of uh, like 
classically beloved movies very low. You, you oh, can be a harsh grader when you want to be. Um, fuck. <laughs> while, while we're on the subject, can you give us, do you have a one-line review of Gumby? Because those get read on the show sometimes. I don't know if you know that. A one, if, like my, if I just off the top of my head, you mean? Or or is, is there one on Critiker? I know you don't do it for every entry. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me pull it up. Vanessa, go ahead and give your um. I think my rating would be seven acid tabs that everyone on the making of Gumby had to take to make Gumby. So seven (laughs) out of 20 acid tablets. Because that's what's necessary to make this movie a movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, The user, (laughs) the user hyphenate me. I don't know what that's about. Uh, he gave it a pretty low score, and he just wrote over and over multiple times, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> so I think going in line with, the, uh, with your review there, uh, yeah, that, that adds up. Adds up. Oh. Yeah, very good. Wonderful. Yeah, and by the way, everyone yeah. listening, Eleven the dog is snoring in the background. That's not me or Vanessa oh. wheezing. <laughs> With her eyes wide open. She is just I'm going to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Well, thank you so much for letting me harass you off to think of another film to harass y'all about for another couple years to get back on the show. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. Well, thank you for joining us. (laughs) It's been an absolute blast and we'll have to have you on when you eventually buy an episode of the show like you keep threatening to do <laughs> <laughs> i i cannot wait that i think the next movie is gonna be teeth i think that's oh, my next movie i, I want to see teeth so, i want to see you. teeth similar pretty similar to gumby to be honest another ripoff film yeah. so you know all online directed but, by yeah. but thank you so much good luck reviewing the uh inferior films i whatever they were i totally forgot because that's how much of a drop off it is so good luck on those <laughs> <laughs> oh, but listeners, listeners, please continue to listen. Don't don't stop listening. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Vanessa. Yeah, Denny. What did they do to Robin Williams when he said inappropriate things that weren't approved by the military on the radio? I don't know, Denny. What did they do when Robin Williams said inappropriate things that he wasn't supposed to say on the radio? They seamless edited him. <laughs> oh man we just did an entire hour on the gumby movie 11 the dog is getting on the couch Get there. she's not so sure about it we're gonna have to move a blankie she needs a lot of coaxing <clears throat> she's a scaredy dog there you go yeah this is a couple's episode of movies for win grateful for the uh the talents of mr will reno um i don't know how we are gonna follow his enthusiasm and his higher level understanding of the gumby movie i don't Very think we true. i don't think we understand these next two movies like he understands that movie we don't that is true we we just don't uh we're gonna give it a we're gonna give it a shot you know honestly i think it's, it's time for a tone shift yes. i think that it's time to really just take a serious look at a dark time in the u.s military's history and how fun it could be when you let Robin Williams into it. That is very true. 
We're covering Good Morning Vietnam. I don't know if it's available anywhere. Greg's usually the one who pays attention to that. I think we rented it on Amazon. I don't think it was streaming. Yeah, it wasn't streaming anywhere, I don't believe. Unless you probably had like a, I don't know, you had to buy a subscription or something. And we don't like to buy things. No, we don't. We like to rent them like yeah, Americans. Do. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you want to do the synopsis for this or Pink Flamingos? I feel like we can trade off. Which would you prefer? I will do the synopsis of this because I don't know how to synopsisize that next movie. All so, right. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, Good Morning Vietnam is a movie set in uh, Thailand. I mean, Vietnam. It was <laughs> definitely shot in Thailand, though. Um, so it was a, it's a movie set during the Vietnam War um, at the early days of it when it was still, quote, a conflict. Um or a skirmish or something like that. It had not been upgraded to a war at that point. Um, and so that's kind of a significant piece of um, the propaganda that is centered in the film. Um, Robin Williams is a disc jockey who had been stationed on the island of Crete. And uh, he's a comedian and they are trying to bring in, so the upper brass are trying to bring in someone who's going to kind of help boost morale um, for the soldiers that are being shipped over because more and more soldiers are being uh, subscripted conscribed conscripted conscripted there we go just gonna blend that together to find the right word um so they're being brought over in the lottery that no one wants to win which is the i don't know you get to go to the war yay but it's not a war yet um lottery is an interesting way to put it that's literally what it was you had to like listen for your number and shit i suppose yeah i suppose Keep going, keep yeah. going. Anyway, um, so he comes over, and they, they're in Saigon, um, which is kind of where headquarters are, things like that. It's supposed to be away from a lot of the fighting, um, which is happening in the north. Um, and so he comes in. He's taking over for someone who has just been doing, like, uh, pretty much, like, classical music this entire time. He comes in hot on the mic uh just right out of the gate uh, making up voices doing his robin williams thing um and he's doing it well uh he's playing music that no one wants to play or at least brass doesn't want him to play but all of the soldiers want to hear it's new it's hip it's a beat um he's not listening to you know directions he's kind of going against the mold of what people want him to do and everyone's loving it except for the top brass people um, so he's figuring out, you know, kind of understanding, uh, what life is like in Saigon. Um, he gets to know some of the local people, um, by, because he finds a pretty girl that he just follows one day to an English class and he takes over from the teacher, um, pays him some money to start teaching English and teaches them how to cuss and say slang and things like that. Um, and the students really love him. And, um, so he starts to become and become friends with some of the people in the group, um, and starts to get invited, you know, to, uh, view Vietnamese culture kind of from, um, the locals perspective, um, and as an outsider. And he invites some of the people back into, like, the GI bars and things like that. Um, and there's some clash of cultures that are happening at that time. Um, ultimately, you know, goes on the, the war some terrorism actually happens in saigon he witnesses some of those things it's been told a lot of the propaganda machine is that um it's only happening out kind of in the bush but that is not true there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the towns and it's not being reported so part of their radio edits is that they're only allowed to tell the news as the military sees fit so they've got you know two twins or identical looking men who edit the news every day um that comes from 
um, what's being told to them and things like that. So it's being typed up and then they're editing it out and they're only allowed to tell the positives. They're not allowed to tell any of the negative things that are going on. Um, as far as the army is concerned, none of that happened because it has not been verified, even though they know that it happened because uh, Robin Williams was there for a few of them and can say, this actually happened, people died, uh, there are bombs and explosions going off. Um, and he gets in a lot of trouble, so he is kind of put on leave. Um, you know, through, throughout the time he goes out, he sees some things that are happening in the, like, the villages. Um, he's sent on an assignment to do some radio interviews with people um, out in the field. And um, his upper brass, who for some reason wants to murder him, um, he doesn't like the music that he's playing, he doesn't like his subversive techniques. And so he sends them into enemy territory. Um, and they're saved by their new buddy who actually heard where he had gone and knew that the Viet Cong had taken over that area. Um, and so their, their car was blown up. He and his buddy, Forrest Whitaker, are wandering around the jungle um, just trying to kind of get out. They're trying to hide from the Viet Cong, um, but they also are not their, you know, their radio guys. They're our office people. They are not well uh, adapted to wandering around the jungle. They do not have weapons. Um, and so by, uh, you know... Lucky circumstances, their Vietnamese friend, Tran, I think. Um, I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name. Um, but he, he comes and saves them. He gets them back to uh, a place where they can get picked up and be brought back to Saigon safely. Um, more shenanigans happen, and I think he's put on an extended leave for a little while. Um, and then they find out that uh, Tran is actually a... He's a Viet Cong terrorist. He's uh, wanted for crimes against America or something like that. Um, so he's he's involved in with the the VC, um, and he has been uh, wrecking stuff in the capital and is going to be you know. So Robin Williams goes after him and he's like, "You are my buddy." Uh, now I find out that you're this terrorist, and then uh, Tran tells him, like, you guys are actually the terrorists, like, what are you talking about? My family has all died uh, because of American bombing, and this is much more complex than you think it is, you know, they've, Vietnam has had a history of being colonized by the French, um, and so it's just one kind of colonization after another, um, and not necessarily wanting to embrace communism, or at least this is what the movie tells us, but as much as they want to oppose um, more imperialism. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a it's not super serious, it's very much a comedy, um, but there are some more serious parts of this movie, um, and it gives a little bit of a background on uh, what's going on, both for the American troops that are there, and also for some of the Vietnamese locals um, and their perspective on the war. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much of a relationship with this movie. It's just a classic I'd never seen, and that's one of the reasons it was on the list. Um, do you have a, do you have a relationship with this movie? Um, I think I've seen it once before. <clears throat> Um, it's been a really, really long time since I've seen it, so I, I don't have, like, a significant relationship or anything like that with it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a pretty classic Robin Williams movie. Um, it's kind of one of the beginning of his shifts from just straight comedy to kind mm -hmm. of comedy with, uh, a, a more serious tone. Kind of that, that balance of drama and comedy. Yeah. Dramedy, as we might call it today. Indeed. Yeah, I don't know if it played this way in the 80s because maybe it hadn't been done as much, but this seemed like a very paint-by-numbers Robin Williams movie to me now that we like see 
his whole catalog and he definitely did more interesting stuff than this but it was just like early in his career um well really early in his screen career it was just always he's hilarious he talks really fast he does impressions um he brings laughter to a really sad place um and then authority figures tell him he's not allowed to make people laugh as abed nadir so astutely pointed out on community Mm -hmm. um it's we watched we watched patch adams and actually covered it the last time we did an episode on our movie list and oh yeah I really feel like they're basically the same movie. It's just one's in a hospital and one's in Vietnam. Hmm. Well, one's in Thailand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but one's supposed to be in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, it's a feel-good movie, and it didn't really make me feel all that good. It didn't make me feel bad, either. I, I didn't dislike it. It didn't upset me, but it was a very dated attempt at being heartwarming is kind of how i felt about it really the only thing that i enjoyed about the movie was robin williams doing robin williams stuff because that's always endearing and always charming and that stuff rocks the movie's competent other than that but i really felt like it was nothing special i don't know what what say you vanessa yeah i mean i really wish um and and this is one of those that i i feel like we didn't do a whole lot of like some sometimes we watch and and look up um you know the context of this movie within its time period and things like that and what were the reviews when it was happening um and i I don't really know that information so I, i agree i think it does come off now in this day and age as kind of a formulaic uh movie of you know this is what robin williams does However, I think it was one of the first ones. And so this is kind of what set some of that template, I believe, of this is what works. Audiences like that. He's able to step into this a little bit more um, of this kind of balance and other movies maybe tried to uh, capitalize on some of this success and expand it differently. Yeah. So... So this is like patient zero of him being typecast, do you think? I, I think so. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, it looks like he's just kind of in, like, comedy movies up until, like, this is the first one. And then we get, you know, after this, we get, you know, Dead Poet Society two years later. Oh, okay. Um so that would explain why people love it so much, I think, mm-hmm. if it was, like, their introduction to Robin Williams doing this type of movie. Because when I was watching it, I was like, it's perfectly fine, but why is this, like, a beloved classic film? I, I just, I didn't see that much special about it. Mm-hmm. I, I like Robin Williams doing this more in other movies. Um, but that would make sense if it was their introduction to funny, sad, and serious Robin Williams. Yeah, when, and I also think, too, uh, this movie came out at a time where, like, a ton of other Vietnam movies were also coming out. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's contemporaries are, like, Full Metal Jacket, uh, Rambo 2, um, and what's what's that other one? Uh, Platoon um, is another one that, like, around this same time, yeah. a lot of different takes on Vietnam were happening sure. um, in, like, the movie industry. And so... Again, I I wish that I could speak on this with a little bit more insight, but I wonder, within that context, where does this movie fall? Um, and what does it say? Like, was it bringing something new to the story of how we were talking about the Vietnam War? Um, because it was only, what, uh, at 87, it was, what, 15 years before that, when it yeah. actually ended? 
Well, that would make that would make sense. I would see the appeal from that perspective because um, Vietnam is just nothing but atrocity, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it's awful, awful. Like we literally like pretty much invented the diagnosis PTSD because so many soldiers came back from Vietnam with it. Yeah. Um, and that would make sense if if like as America is trying to process this like massively significant cultural event that just fucked up an entire generation of a country yeah um if they're trying to process it and this is the first time that like someone managed to scrape a little levity out of the vietnam war Mm -hmm. but also was never like disrespectful towards like what a a absolute travesty it was for the people who were over there yeah yeah and and i also like again i i don't i'm not like a history buff by any means or anything like that but i do know you know there was in in that time period obviously like i'm not writing the book on this or anything i pretty much everyone knows this but there was all this there was so much misinformation about what was actually going on there why american troops were sent there um why it was necessary to be in vietnam and that's you know i think propaganda has been around for a very very long time obviously since the beginning of time um but it seems like this was a time period in u.s history where there were such opposing sides to things. Um, you know, we have, like, World War II, and pretty much everyone gets on the bandwagon of, like, yeah, we all need to help out with this war effort. Like, yeah. this makes sense. Um, and then we get to Vietnam, and it's kind of like, well, what's the point? Um, why are we doing this? It what's disillusioned this the for? American people. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's what... And, and again, this, this movie is set at the beginning. It's not set at the end. It's set when it's still kind of a skirmish. Like, it's not even fully, like... A war it's called a conflict at this point yeah um and so it hadn't been like upgraded to a war yet um yes it was dangerous yes all these things were happening um but they're pumping out and removing so much information and spreading disinformation of what's happening and i think that's that's another part too that it really highlights of like these men who are you know doing the radio shows trying to connect with and help you know the troops who are out there and the people who are just kind of innocent bystanders, I mean, not innocent bystanders, but, like, they are being manipulated by the U.S. government machine um, to be there to say, like, this is a good thing, we're protecting people, when obviously, you know, they're blowing up full villages and murdering family members and um, all in the name of, you know, we're trying to root out the bad guys and, like, who are even the bad guys in this scenario? It's so convoluted um, and so complex that it's really like everyone loses here and i think that that's really seen a lot better and they like the upper brass want to placate everyone they're like well we don't want you know like new exciting music because we just want everyone to like you can play barry como you can play you know these things these like soft jazz you can play polka um and that's it but that's not what people want to hear they want to hear um you know like the new hits, uh, upbeat music, they want to connect to things. Um, and that was also seen as, like, subversive at the time as well, that, mm-hmm. like, getting the troops too excited could be a bad thing. That yeah, if, you yeah. know, they were able to have fun and engage in music and lightheartedness and, you know, make fun of uh, LBJ and, you know, Vice President Nixon and, and things like that that Robin Williams does on his show, um, you know, his radio show, that then they would maybe start questioning why they're there and questioning other things. Um, and that is tried to sh- be shut down very, very fast. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and so I guess I can understand more, you know, like, from that perspective, because, like, I didn't grow up having, like, Vietnam be the first thing that made me really distrust the government. That was mm-hmm. 9-11 for me and, yeah. and the response to it. Um, as someone who didn't live through it and wasn't there for these cultural moments, the movie was just kind of there. You know, sure, it was sure. just kind of there for me. Um, if anything, I thought it kind of pulled a few punches with the U.S. Army in Vietnam. You know, like, yeah. um, they yeah. definitely acknowledged um, what this looks like from the Vietnamese perspective. But they mm-hmm. even had, like, a big baby face higher up that was like, let the troops know the truth. Who mm-hmm. cares, right? You know, like, um, I don't know. It, it was it was, it was was a little apologetic for, for how fucked up Vietnam was. You know, sure. like... Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, again, I, I just feel like we, we were watching the movie and we looked over at each other and we were like, what are we going to talk about on the podcast? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We're even sitting here, like, not really talking about the movie, but like the culture surrounding the movie. Yeah. Um, what America was like when the movie came out, what people were like when the movie came out, because it's just a very linear story that is perfectly fine um, and yeah. has, has some fun moments and has a few emotional moments. But even then, I didn't feel like I cared about any of the characters at all. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't feel an attachment to any of them. I only felt an attachment to the performer, Robin Williams. And sure, sure. it was kind of neat to see Forrest Whitaker. It always is. You yeah. know, like, but other than that, like... Young Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, what was your experience watching the movie? Because I, I feel like we were just kind of sitting there being like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that way watching it. Um, And, and again, I, I, like within our context of it, we've seen so many things that are similar to this, that it it felt so familiar. Um, I have seen it before. Again, it's been a long time, so I didn't, like, remember the story beats and things like that. Um, So it was, it still felt fresh. Yeah. But not fresh at the same time. Like, it felt like I was watching new content, but it wasn't new. It was similar stuff that I'd seen before. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I felt like I wasn't, there wasn't, a specific moment or really any moments that I really felt like drawn in emotionally to this movie. Sure. Um, and, and I think that that's where it, to me falls a little bit short is that there's not, it, it doesn't step into or step away from anything strong enough to really give me like a sense of an emotional connection or disconnection in the other way. Like I don't, it's, it's, it rides that middle so much that I'm not I'm not upset by it. Yeah. I'm not enthralled by it. Um, but but it was fine. Like I, I liked it. I I didn't dislike it. It is about thirty minutes too long. This I is agree. a two hour movie that absolutely needed to keep it at a tight ninety. Yeah, yeah. Um I just feel like there's just so much fluff you could have cut. There's so much like honestly, I would have just cut I would have put more of Robin Williams improving radio shows yes. and just, I don't know, cut a lot of the military drama around it. Like, I feel like they were like repetitive scenes where they were like, we have to censor him. And someone was like, you're not allowed to censor him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you know, like, and they like, they, they revisited that beat more than once. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was proud of them though. I was very proud of them because they made it an entire two-hour Vietnam movie without playing Fortunate Son by Credence. Very true. <laughs> that Very was true. I've never seen such a feat accomplished in my life. Yeah, I, I think every every movie about Vietnam that I've ever watched 
has probably had that in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It ain't me. It ain't me. I don't know, man. We spent an hour on the Gumby movie. This isn't really a long segment for Good Vietnam or Good Morning Vietnam, but I don't really feel like it deserves one. I don't really have much else to say. Do you, Vanessa? Um, not a whole lot. I was just going to check my notes. Um, I mean, I did, like, his his radio bits were fun. Like, I, I will say, the things that I really enjoyed about this movie were his ad-lib radio bits, because that is just, like, where Robin Williams really shines. Um, what, like, the, the call and response to um, the Nixon tapes, also wonderful. Um, that, know, that was fun. That was yeah, a good bit. That was, that was a good bit. We both were, you know, laughing during that. Um, but yeah, I feel like his, his radio, P, I mean, if, if, if you don't know, if there's some, somehow you've not seen this movie and you don't know, Robin Williams ad-libbed every single one of his uh, radio segments. Um, so that, that's all yeah. just him freewheeling it talking really really fast coming up with stuff in the moment uh just classic kind of robin williams improv and impressions and it's it's fun and it's good i can see why you know that would be i would be entertained i was entertained um Um, on on the note of his radio impressions i think uh quentin tarantino must have based his personal concept of race relations off of robin williams doing really offensive ebonics impressions and a bunch of black people sitting around and finding it endearing they were just like, <laughs> this guy is so crazy. Like, uh, between that and, uh, you know, a lot of the treatment of the Vietnamese natives, uh, this movie was pretty racist, yeah. unfortunately. It's a very racist movie. It's There's no way to get around that. Um, there were some child penises in this movie. Yeah, more than once. <laughs> more than twice. What the fuck was that about? Yeah, it was like full on... Full on, full frontal baby dick. Yeah. Greg, uh, Greg docks a point if a dog dies. I dock a point if there's child pornography. <laughs> um, that's just, it's, like, it was jarring. It was. Like, and it, it was, was absolutely unnecessary. Like, unnecessary. What, what was the point of there? No one's even, like, talking about it. They're just, like, showing B-roll of naked, naked little boys from yeah, the front. They're like, just, like, people were just showing the streets of Saigon, and now there are three little boys playing in the water naked you know what i actually apparently blocked that out of my memory right until right now (laughs) i'm docking at a point i'm 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 going on critiker right now and docking a point from good morning vietnam for that he is there was no reason to do that there you go it is docked thus it doth docketh yep all right it shall be um yeah, I I mean it was fun for me to like see a movie you know set in in Vietnam, but also it's in Thailand. I, I grew up in Thailand. I immediately knew that it was filmed in Thailand. I was like, wow, these are the streets that I've been in. It's a lot of it's filmed in Phuket, uh, Phuket province, which is where it's just south of where my parents lived for a long time. Uh, other parts of Thailand as well, um, some of the villages, things like that. Like I, I even told Denny, it felt almost anachronistic to me at some points uh especially the last chase scene that i was like that's just that's just modern day like they didn't even change this at all um and i think that that just i mean some of the slum areas i don't think that they've changed in 40 years so it's probably accurate maybe it's not anachronistic but um it felt anachronistic to me because i was like this this looks exactly like places that i've been um, and so it's very much taking me out of the moment of the movie yeah. because I'm weirded out that I've 
been to places that look exactly like this and none of it decor and anything looks any different now um so that was just you know side note kind of fun for me I think you have a very different experience watching this movie if you have ever lived in Thailand versus you're like a dumb American who's barely been outside of Texas. You know, I I think it's just a different viewing experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of the people who are actually like speaking on camera are speaking Vietnamese. However, the discerning ear, you know, for those of you who also speak Thai um, in the audience listening, uh, if you really listen closely, you can hear in the market scenes a bunch of people speaking Thai in the background. So, Or you can be a dumb American who doesn't know any Asian languages and definitely can't tell them apart through listening. You can do that. Yep. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, that's that's what's so cool. To really, to really get the critiques of this movie, you need to move to Thailand for a few years is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's hit gimmicks, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one more thing. One more so, thing. Yeah, one, one more thing. Um, you know, when, when Robin Williams' character brings, uh, I, I think his name is Tran or Tron or something like that, the, the Vietnamese friend, yeah, yeah. Um, he brings him to the GI bar, and there are a bunch of Vietnamese women who are already in there. Um, they are entertaining the GIs, things like that. Um, and some of the, the other soldiers that are not with Robin Williams' group uh, get upset that they brought in a Vietnamese person to this bar because it's Americans only, it's soldiers only, um, even though they literally have women on their arms as they're accosting this Vietnamese man um, because they don't want Vietnamese people in this bar unless they would like to fuck them and then it's fine. So, yeah, um, yeah. just I, I think that to me it like highlighted some of the dynamic that you know i grew up seeing as well of like racism against people except if you can use them um you know the differences between you know, like robin williams's character goes after uh one of the girls in his class um wants to date her she is not interested in dating she comes from a very traditional vietnamese family um there's a lot of like cultural stigma and things like that around fraternizing with foreigners and and stuff like that and i just i that piece i thought was also um it did to me i'm like i I like that they put that in there i think that it's something you don't always see in in other movies that it's like oh yeah they fell for the hunky american gi who's so nice to them because he can help bring them out of poverty or whatever and she's like no it's actually a lot more complex than that and like i don't want to get involved with you that's not a thing that nice girls do like that's you know not what i'm interested in and um yeah. i don't know i just that that piece i think really stuck out to me as well of seeing some of those dynamics play out um in the time that i lived in thailand as well of just dynamics of of people and how people are used in the trafficking situations and stuff yeah. again i'm a dumb american who didn't think about that at all but uh, a credit to the movie i'd say yeah, yeah. credit to the movie i, I think so um, Vanessa, what's your list-worthy moment for, for this movie? Do you have one? Um, I think the list-worthy moment would probably be... Um, I kind of... I, I go back and forth between, like, one of the times... You know, e- either his first time getting on the mic and just how, you know, classically Robin Williams that is, yeah. or... Um, once the bomb goes off at the at the GI bar and it's destroyed, and Robin Williams sees you know two 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 American soldiers um, killed and a bunch of uh, Vietnamese patrons as well who are in the area were also harmed. 
um, and, you know, either killed or severely injured, and just kind of seeing that, and then that was struck from the record when he went in, you know, 20 minutes later to do his radio show, um, and just he's standing in total disbelief. He literally saw his blood on his shirt, and they're saying that didn't really happen because the army didn't say it happened, and he talks about it anyway. Um, and just kind of that, that initial yeah. time of, like, thumbing his nose at, like, this is ridiculous. I, you know, towed the line until it really became impactful and he saw the effects of what was going on and how dangerous it could be to actually keep that from people. Yeah. Um, and so I think, like, e- either one of those. Honestly, probably the second one really stuck more with me because of the, I think, you know, what I was just saying. That, that felt more resonant to me, but, Yeah. yeah. No, excellent, excellent choice. Uh, I'll go with your first one. It's the first time he rips a real good, good morning Vietnam. Uh, I think there was a, a Paramount compilation on an old VHS I had that just showed a bunch of clips of their movies, and uh, that was in it, and that's what made me want to see the movie. So nice. that's the list-worthy moment. Uh, do you have a favorite line, Vanessa? Um... No, you, you go ahead. I'm trying to think. I, I had a couple. I forgot to write them down, so I was just looking. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I'm going to go with, uh, <laughs> there's a point where they say, that guy's as boring as whale shit, which I was like, I don't know. I've never seen a whale shit, and I'll bet it's massive. I think whale shit's kind of interesting, but that was just a, a, a really, really funny thing for me. Uh, that guy is as boring as whale shit. Mm. We'll, uh, more, more on animal shit later. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> that's a spoiler alert. Spoiler, I mean, spoil your life. Um, what you got for us, Vanessa? What you got for the people? What's a favorite line from Good Morning Vietnam? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really. I, I didn't have one that stuck out to me. Honestly, That's fine. yeah. There weren't a lot of powerhouse lines. It was just you'd have to get like stuff. Robin Williams snuck in there, and he delivered yeah. them at such a rapid pace that like yeah. there's not even time for them to land, which is like his whole shtick, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I did like again. Like, I think it would probably be like the chunk of the the part that I laughed the most at was his his responses and like questions that he was doing like an interview with um what what's his name uh nixon um and it was you know recorded over nixon's tapes yeah and so yeah. it was you know him being like what's you know the size of your penis and he'd be like ah really small and very hard to see and you know like things things like that it's and not just, a line from the movie i i know it's not i was just saying like it was like that type of kind of commentary yeah, yeah, back yeah. and forth like yeah um so yeah, that I, I thought was funny. I can't remember the exact lines, obviously, but I liked it. Wonderful. Uh, my Critiker score is a 34 out of 50. It was a 35, but they they, they showed child pornography in this movie. Um, Vanessa, what would you rate this movie? I would rate it uh, two and a half American bald eagles out of seven American bald eagles carrying flags. Wonderful, wonderful. That's a pretty low grade. Oh, is it? Uh, I'll, I'll 2.5 it... out of 7? That's You're a right. little harsh ski. <laughs> I don't like math. Um, <laughs> Who does? Math I don't sucks. know. I'll, I'll give it you know, five, five American bald eagles. <laughs> One of them's holding a flag out of seven American bald eagles who are all holding flags. I don't know. That's a little too high. No, well, not all of the American eagles <laughs> are holding flags. That's oh, what sorry, makes it sorry, less. sorry. For what it's worth, I was just messing with you. I know. <laughs> hey, Denny. Yeah, Vanessa. What's Greg thinking about right now, do you think? 
Oh, I don't know. How much he misses us, probably? It's probably something like that. But I know his favorite thing is a seamless edit, so it's oh, probably more like that. shit. That's the exact type of seamless edit bit that Greg would have loved. hey <laughs> We're here to talk about the John Waters shit show, and I do mean it is a literal show that involves shit. Pink flamingos! Uh, available bear, 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 fucking bear. nowhere. We had to buy a DVD on the internet and have it mailed to our house. Yeah, we had to purchase this. This is a hard movie to track down. Um, I'll do a synopsis. <laughs> um, Divine is the filthiest person alive, and there's people with interestingly colored hair that don't like that too much. Divine's mother is mentally ill and likes eggs. There is a whole bunch of really gross sex stuff in this movie, and rape, and human trafficking, and it's all played for laughs, and they just keep doing really gross stuff, and then eventually they resolve the plot when the two people who are jealous of Divine and trying to sabotage her life, she just calls the press and uh, has them witness a public execution of these two people after she licked everything in their house and sucked her son's dick. Uh, this movie is the birthplace of every depraved pornography genre in existence. It all started here. It introduced it into people's arousal templates. And then for no reason, uh, at the end of the movie, Divine uh, eats, and I do mean eats, not just puts in her mouth, eats dog shit straight from a dog's butt. I don't know if this is a twisted masterpiece or if I absolutely hate it and like think all copies should be destroyed. Vanessa, what's your relationship with this movie? <laughs> I uh, literally had no idea what it was. Um, Denny has told me about it before. We added it to our list after watching the theatrical trailer of it, which is, uh, if you've never seen the trailer, there isn't a trailer. It's just, what is it? New, New Line Cinema's trailer for it is literally just interviews of people who came out of watching the movie um, and it's their live reactions from 1972, um, when this movie came out, and most of them are just like, I can't believe what the fuck I just saw, uh, some of the worst things I've ever seen. I don't even know what to say. And then there's, like, two people that are like, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Most everyone else is like, I don't know what to say about this. I don't know. What did I watch? And we... <laughs> Based on that, we're like, yeah, let's throw it on the list. I, however, didn't know anything about who John Waters is, what he does. Denny apparently did. We started. I, I knew he was famous for making bad movies, but I thought this was going to be just like a Neil Breen type of shit show, not a like shit show type of shit show. Yeah, not a... I did not know what I was getting into. Honestly, I like... We're really downing this movie, and I agree. I don't know that I liked it. I don't know that I hated it. I know by the end, I was having a good time. I It had, like, totally circled back, ate its own tail, and I was here for it at that point. Like, I had... It, it, it took a lot for me to buy in. I nearly stopped it a couple times. If we weren't having to talk about it on this podcast, um, I probably would have turned it off. And yet, here, here we are. And I'm, I don't know, it was, there were parts that I was like, sure, why not at this point? 
we're already here. Uh, now, now we're just spitting everywhere, spitting on literally everything and making weird sex noises. Um, and and by that point, I was bought in enough to just be like, sure, sure, it's... all right. They're spitting on things, and I'm I'm watching them do it, and I'm not that disturbed at this point. It's a train wreck that I absolutely did not want to look at, but had to look at for this podcast. Yeah, um, and I... then you couldn't look away. There were moments when I couldn't look away, and then there were moments where, like, dude, I felt like Margaret Thatcher, because I was like, they should not be filming this. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, they, it shouldn't be allowed to put yeah. this on a movie. Um, and yeah. I've never felt that way when I was, I watch, I watch gross out schlock all the time, uh-huh. and... There was just something particularly dark about some of the stuff in this movie. Maybe it was when that dude nearly prolapsed his butthole with the camera pointed. Oh right my at god! It. I forgot about the singing asshole. Oh my and god! And I do mean he was using his butt to gape it open with the soundtrack playing, and his butt lips were matching the sound that was coming out of the speakers. Yeah. Um, it definitely looked like that man was about to do himself some serious harm or literally just shit on camera in front of everyone. I thought we were going to have to watch that guy either fully prolapse or take a dump. Yeah. Like, and I was like, get ready to never be the same. You know, like, this is, this is, Uh, this is the moment your life changes. Ankles up around his ears, cheeks spread. It it was. I'm feeling nauseous. I've never, I've never seen a butt that close up before. I think that's my thing is because like. Despite my love of body horror, I'm actually really squeamish in real life. Mm. Like, when it when it's in a movie, I can just separate it, and I can watch just about anything, and I can be like, wow, look at those effects, like mm-hmm. the art, the craftsmanship of it. And there was some stuff in this that was just real. Um, and I, I, I have images in my brain that I wish weren't there. There was... <laughs> There was stuff in this movie that I would have rather not have seen, and now I can't forget it. Um, and yet it had elements of charm. Yeah, it really did. It, it truly had some elements of charm. I, I will say, I, I don't... I have such conflicting feelings about it, because, again, by the end of the movie, I was kind of here for it. And I hated it. Like, Divine doing cheesy dialogue and shooting people in the head all day. Yeah, Loved super it. fun. Absolute blast. Um, I already talked about the real stuff, but even the stuff that wasn't real, like the characters of a mother and son engaging sexually, was not charming to me. Um, and then, like, there's, like, a rape scene where they absolutely, for real, killed a chicken. And I was eating chicken nuggets while I watched it, which bold of me to eat while watching this ha, movie. Yeah. I was very hungry. Um, I didn't want to do it. It was it was a business relationship with the chicken nuggets. Um, yeah, I put my food down and away in the fridge. I, yeah. I had a couple bites, and then we got to a part where I was just like, this was before the chicken rape scene they don't rape a chicken they use a chicken in a rape scene it's it's very odd i can't really describe it doesn't make sense they kill a chicken in the middle of while they're fucking it i don't understand why the chicken was there why the chicken needed to be present it didn't make sense but a chicken was murdered on set and then they ate it the cast fucking ate that chicken in the middle of the take yeah they stopped filming, they stopped fucking, they ate that chicken, and they moved on to the next scene. Yeah, but it's just, like, that scene's supposed to, like, it's supposed to be, like, bizarre, 
right? Like that's kind of what they're going for. But like, I guess they it's have a woman to be filthy. But they have a woman screaming no stop while a man's having sex with yeah. her, and it was just like and murdering a chicken on her body. Yeah, I'm just like I don't want to watch this. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Even and if it was far too long. I mean, any chicken murder rape scene is far too long. But like. It went on for a good, like, two minutes at least. Yeah. And when you're watching something continuously and want it to stop and there is no soundtrack and all you hear is just those noise, like, that sound, it's just a vacuum, two minutes feels like an eternity. Yeah, it's just, now I know what it's like to be offended by a movie. Yeah. I've never been offended by a movie before, and apparently even I have my limits. I, I was at some parts of this movie deeply offended and I, mm-hmm. I'm not a prude you know like yeah. I'm not like usually ugh, I, I feel kind of uneasy and uncomfortable just remembering this stuff yeah. like yeah. I'm a sensitive guy you know like this was in parts like a legitimate snuff film and in other parts yeah. mimicked a snuff film mm-hmm. and I don't know man I and yet here I am being like and there's something a little brilliant about it. <laughs> like, well, I'm also like, is it, is it a masterful like commentary on what people will do for fame? Like the lengths that people will go to like get fame for like th- this, they're competing for the filthiest person alive award. Yeah. And they're going to whatever lengths they can to keep this title. Is that not just a commentary on like fame in general? of, like, the lengths that people will go. You know, like, reality TV today, like, there's some really unacceptable things that, like, years ago we would have said that that is untouchable, and yet we're watching it now, you know? Yeah, and I think that interpretation totally works, mm -hmm. and that, like, that that's pretty awesome, an awesome way to think about it, and yet we all know that John Waters Waters wrote this while he was high as fuck. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, then the sober man did not make up this script um, or this concept. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that butthole scene. Yeah, that butthole scene was rough. Um, it was a rough butthole. It it was. Yeah. Ugh. The dialogue, though, man, you know what? It. it it was so bad, it was charming. Oh, no, I loved the dialogue, and I loved Divine saying weird stuff, you know? Like, that was all fun, but then they'd cut to a rape scene. Yeah. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that shit. There's more than one rape scene. There is. It's fucking awful to look at. Yeah. I don't know that it, I don't know that it, uh, that it balances it out. I, I don't think it does. I, you're, you're not wrong. Ugh. I'm more, I'm just trying not to think about it. Yeah, I was unsure how I felt about this movie, and now that we're talking about it, I think it's safe to say that I just don't like it. I like clips of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want, I want to be part of a weird movie subculture where I think John Waters is cool, and this is the only movie I've seen of his. I think he comes off as, like, charmingly creepy in every interview he does. Like, I, I don't know that he seems like a bad guy or anything. But I want... Like, I feel like my brand loves pink flamingos. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't. You know? Like, sure, I sure. don't. Like, I, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, not a fan. It, it just took it way too far, way too often mm-hmm. for me. And 
there's tons of movies that have like horrible cheesy dialogue and weird makeup that don't have any of this other like despicable disgusting shit you know like yeah. like it's like you could say your their goal was to make me nauseous and make me want to throw up and i'm like okay cool you did it yeah you succeeded i'm not that impressed though that's not like yeah. a hard thing to inspire in someone mm-hmm. um you just have to be really fucking gross for no reason and that's exactly what they did i'm getting upset i'm getting upset <laughs> as i talk about this movie yeah i feel like such a fucking priss right now i really mm-hmm. do but like I just can't pretend that I thought it was okay to point a camera at a prolapsed butthole. Like, like, uh. So that person uh, specifically asked to not be credited in the film. I would, yeah. Yeah, and well, so he has since passed. Um, and at the very end of his life, I think they, he said it was okay to tell his widow also approved. So John Waters has talked about like this person and and come out with the person's name. I don't remember what his name is or I would say it, but um but it's come out and said, you know, like what their intentions were, what that man did, like things like that, but like very much I think regretted it after and was like, I don't want to be associated with this movie at all. Don't credit me. Don't say anything about me. Keep yeah. my name out of your fucking mouth. Yeah, I gotta imagine because they for real did drugs on camera at that party scene. I've got to imagine he was probably on drugs and exploited and regret and regretted it later. That's got to be what I assume. Probably. I, I assume so. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. You looked up a bunch of trivia. What what little nuggets did you find, Vanessa? Um, I mean, I so I found out that, like, the, uh, the set design budget for this movie was literally $200. Um, $100 of it went to buying the, um, the trailer yeah the yeah trailer. the trailer and a hundred like the other hundred went to the rest of the decor um the house that the our antagonists lived in what were their names the um, crackers and no no crackers was her son oh um, wait the the antagonist yeah yeah Sorry. blue hair and red hair um, i don't remember their names yeah mink stole and whoever the guy is um so that's like the actors the actress's name is mink stole and the guy's name is whatever the guy is yeah whatever the guy his who played name, yeah. him is named the guy yeah it's it's weird it's a weird coincidence <laughs> um but their their house is actually like john it it's john waters and someone else who also was like a producer it's it's like their apartment and so they just used their own decor and so like all of that weird stuff on the like honestly it makes sense because i feel like both of us were like the aesthetic of this place is kind of cool we kind of decorate our house a little bit like not completely like this but i was like this is not yeah this is not too off from like what we've got like movie memorabilia and like colorful pictures and weird art and stuff on the walls yeah yeah um and that was just because they were in one of the director's homes um, that tracks yeah I, I assumed it was someone involved they with the did like a house. little bit of you know set you know staging and things like that but like pretty much that's how they cut costs was just doing it in their own apartment yeah i inferred um, that yeah uh, <laughs> like um yeah i i also just <clears throat> some of the pieces that I wanted to break down in this movie, because that's how my mind works, is right after... So, uh, Edie is, um, is... Or, Mama. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure his name is, her name is Edie. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the grandma. That's uh, Divine's mother. 
who she keeps in a baby cage for some reason. Um, this mentally challenged woman in a cage. Uh, she loves eggs. And Den- Denny said that she likes eggs. This woman loves <laughs> eggs. Um, she always wants to talk about them. She only wants to ask about them. Um, they have a personal traveling egg man who comes to their home to present them the eggs of the day, even though they have chickens. So my take on this is I guess the chickens are just for show and for fucking, and they have a personal traveling egg man who delivers them eggs mm-hmm. every single day, Yeah. who then decides to marry Edie because she must be his best customer and he loves her more than anyone else and he climbs into her baby cage with her and they start making out and he continues to feed her hard-boiled eggs. Um, yep. They, they have a happy ending. They, they, they do just, have a happy they ending. They just got married. They get the married. End. Yeah. They the get end. married after the everyone does drugs yeah. and the guy sings with his butt. Yep. 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 We go straight to him, uh, you know, pushing her in a wheelbarrow down the aisle uh, to the wedding march and they get married and they live happily ever after. She gets a new girdle and because she only wears lingerie in her cage but not not cute like old gross lingerie. Yeah. Uh, And yeah and that's that's what they do. Uh, It's it is totally all over the place is is one of my notes just like what the fuck is happening. Um one of the things, too, it, it, I can only imagine that they just had bad sound. That they, like, couldn't get the sound to work in some of these scenes because our actors are, like, talking, but they're just playing music over top of it. Um, yeah, and yeah. And we, we see them mouthing things, but no dialogue is being said. Yeah. Nothing can be seen. Like, they're just talking to each other or they're talking to other people and random songs are playing in the background. Like, yeah. really in the foreground because it is very off. Like, there's... It's too loud for what we're watching. It doesn't match up. Like, the music is not not set to what's going on in the scene. Um, and that happens multiple times throughout. And it does not make sense when it does. There definitely should be dialogue in some of those so- times to actually help carry what little of a plot they actually have. Yeah. Um, and yet, yeah, they just put music over everything. Um, yeah. Miss- I, go ahead. Oh, no, you're... I was just going to say, I feel like I'm more revolted with this movie than you are, and that's not something I would have called. Are you just dissociating from it? Like, tell me, okay, so I'm not more revolted than you, you're just not letting yourself go back there, and I can't stop myself from going back there? I was there last night, and it was difficult for me to move on to a point where I finally got to a place where I was like, huh. Okay, it's it's been it's been long enough that I'm like I'm I'm here now. Um, that I'm 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 with our characters. I'm I'm you know pro everyone. Like what whatever's happening, I'm I'm here for it. The the rapes got out of the way, and then I got more here for it. Uh, the incest happening on the other people's couch when they were spitting all over everything kind of took me back, but it didn't last that long. So I was like, all right, now we're back to just spitting on stuff. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, I think my mind just kind of did a little bit of a clip delete. Uh, (laughs) The more you were talking about things, the more upset I was getting. So my mind just kept being like, go back to the things you liked. Go back to the things you liked. What about the cool, like, I liked their fashion. Their fashion was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked the costume design. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. 
I'm like upset right now. I'm like getting a little lightheaded. Like there was so much gross shit that I can't get out of my brain. There was. There was so much gross shit. Yeah, there was cannibalism. They okay, so the cops got called at one point. So they're in this filthy like they're in this like filth off contest with each other. Divine has been, you know, the filthiest person alive for many years. Um her title is, you know, trying to be stolen by this couple who um they're so filthy. They live in this cool house, but they kidnap random women who hitchhike. They impregnate them, and then they sell their babies to lesbian couples. Um, you said impregnate like they don't rape them. Like, they yeah, no, rape they, them, and then they let them die during childbirth. They do. They, they let them die during childbirth, and then they give the babies to lesbian couples. Um, yeah. Yep. That's, like, specifically part of the plot, that it's it's only it's only lesbian couples who for have... For $5,000. Who All have for really $5, cool hair. a baby. Yeah, well, it's because they're not there for the money... They're there for being the filthiest people. Ah, uh, and that makes it filthier. That, that makes it filthier that they're not they making could. very much, that they're doing, that they're exploiting people. Um, there's also all these, like, I <laughs> I said at one point to Denny, I was like, are they, are they forgetting their lines so they're just repeating them? Or are they reading their lines off of cue cards, off scene? Or what is happening? Because the dialogue is so terrible but they just keep saying the same stuff. Like, there's one, there's a couple scenes where um, there are characters who are, like, literally repeating dialogue that has been said in an earlier scene, but with a different emphasis a little bit, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then someone comes in and is like, hey, what are you doing? And then he repeats his same dialogue again yeah. after he had already done it to himself. And he does it to them, and it's like, was that the only thing that this person could remember? And they were just like, fuck it, that's fine. We got someone talking, and the sound worked in this scene, so we're just gonna go with it. Like, Jesus. That's, that's, I like them more for that. Um, but, <laughs> right? Dude, yeah. the, the only time I've ever felt this way after watching a movie before was when we watched Meet the Feebles. Um, oh, yeah. It's just so... Oh, Meet the Feebles was awful, too. Beyond dark. Like, yeah, and, and no, Meet the it, Feebles is all puppets, but, like, yeah. it's so dark, like, uncomfortably dark. It's like, you can't even call it dark humor. It's just darkness for the sake of darkness and seeing how deep you can dive into it. Yeah. It's just all grody and grimy and feels like a disgusting underbelly of the world that I never want to revisit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the police are, anyway, they're, they're in this fight, and the couple with the blue and the red hair, they call the police on Divine's birthday party, um, and then the police come, and there's this, do you remember the siren? The siren that's like... Yeah, there was weird foley throughout the, <laughs> the whole movie. The foley in the movie is like, they couldn't sample anything, uh, it's like, it's not even someone being like, wee-oo, 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 it's like... It's like a metal tin can, or so, like it's it's such a weird sound. Um, but the siren is playing, and it's just police officers walking into the scene. There are no cars, there are no trucks, nothing is there. They're just walking down a trail, and then the party people attack them, um, and then they eat them. the The birthday party turns into cannibalism, and then it turns into the wedding of Edie and the Eggman. Um, it's, it, there are no cut scenes or anything like that. They're just like, ha, ha, we're eating people. We're so awful. We're cannibals. It's time for a wedding. Here we go. Wheeler out. 
Ding dong, they're married. <sighs> I and, just... Uh, the whole time I just thought about how disappointed Gumby would be if he knew we were watching it. Yeah, and then after that cannibalism scene, that couple... He goes and he's like, you know what? I'm not done being filthy today. I'm going to go expose myself to a woman in the park. And then we have this scene of him and he ties, like, sausages to his dick to make it look long. I don't know why he ties sausages to his penis, but he does. And then he tries to flash this woman. Turns out it's a transvestite. It's, you know, I think it was a trans woman. Yeah, yeah, trans, trans woman. And then he's out exposed by the person he was supposed to be exposed by and it like just ends on that like it's such a weird note and nothing ever happens from it yeah uh he runs away in terror yeah this it it, it just it's like it's a recurring no sit- it's for no reason it's just like bits that happen and they were like you know what we want to shoot this how can we put this into a scene ah uh, it doesn't matter just just cut it in here where you can None of it makes sense. None of it matters. Uh, in the end, they try to pull in a tiny bit of plot. Again, I, I do love that they go and kidnap those people. Um, and, and they're, oh yeah, when Divine and, and her family go and they're spitting all over the furniture and things like that, then um, the the Marbles, I think is their name or something. It's like the, I don't, I don't really know. know. I got no clue. Blue hair, red hair. They go back to their apartment and they're laying down, they're like, ah, oh, we're the filthiest. They just also, they burned Divine's uh, uh, trailer down. And uh, they're they're satisfied with their filth. They feel like they are the filthiest people ever. They're going to go luxuriate in their filthiness. And then uh, the, the furniture that they're laying on starts literally rejecting them. It throws them to the ground because they're not filthy enough to sit on it. They, they no longer hold the title of filthiest person filthiest people and so they're rejected by their own furniture <laughs> which was a delightful seat like honestly it's like this is when i just came back around to it of being like i don't know yeah yes there's all this fucked up shit that we've been seeing but like it, this is charming at a certain point if you're only looking at these things and at a certain point that's all that my mind would allow me to think about and look at and so i had a fine time yeah Um, i feel like i'm talking to someone who watched the edited for tv version because like like we're just having like you're you're able to dissociate from from the horror and i'm just like is this what like conservatives feel like when they see a gay kiss on tv is that what like is that why they like the way I feel right now oh. after watching Pink Flamingos, is that how like dipshits feel when they see like a gay kiss? I don't know. Because they seem to like have a similar impulse that I'm having of like, take it off the TV. Like I'm like, this movie made me stop believing in Gumby. I went outside and cried to the heavens. There is yeah. no Gumby. That's, that's how much this affected me. Yeah. Well, really, I honestly, we kind of, yeah, it was like, we, we really salvaged this movie because we watched Gumby after this. Yes. And it was a saving grace. We, we, uh, we reunited with his holiness Gumby. Yeah, we, we sank into the welcoming arms of that clay creature. Yeah. And he enveloped us into his warm embrace. Oh, warm and Gumby-like. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's gimmick time. What do you say? I, I think so, too. I, Yeah. Okay, um, Vanessa, what is your list-worthy moment? I, my list-worthy moment, n- none of it. 
this worthy of the list? No. Um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it, there, there is no real list-worthy moment. I, it, the dialogue is, like, charmingly awful. Maybe that. Just, like, hearing Divine shout about nonsense um, continually, like, that was kind of fun, but also it got grating after a while. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Again, I, I don't really have, like, anything specific that made me think, like, oh, this is why we picked it. It It's just, it's just bad. It, it truly is. It's, it's a bad movie. Yeah. I did not like it. I never want to watch it again. And yet I was also able to come back around and find some funny moments within it because I was like, well, I have to watch this. <laughs> so I'm going to scrape some fucking joy where I possibly might. Vanessa Taylor on Radical Acceptance, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. <laughs> I would, uh... It is what it fucking is. You know, I, I hate to say it, but I've got to give it to my list-worthy moment. I'm going to go with Divine Eating Dog Shit. Where else are you going to see that? Where, where else are you going to see that but on your annual movie list? I um, guess so. I didn't say I wanted to see it, but it was certainly a one-of-a-kind experience. Uh, and uh, I... I'm not going to get on those parts of the internet. So Pink Flamingos was my only opportunity to witness that. Uh, Vanessa, do you have a favorite line? Um, I, I'm in between um, just like how much they, they really go in on Edie loving eggs. There's a really early in, in the, in the movie, they don't explain it. You know, someone's like, why does she like eggs? Someone, I think it's crackers. She says she just loves eggs always has and then when Edie's talking to to um divine for some reason just she comes up with these existential crises of what happens if there are no more chickens would there also no more like be no more eggs and divine is like why are you even asking that there won't ever not be chickens and she was like but could that ever happen could there be no more chickens and would there be no more eggs if there were no more chickens? And it goes on. It's a long, it's a long back and forth. Like, it's not just like a, Hey, I have a question. It's like, she's like, no, I really mean it. And then divine goes, uh, now mama, that's just egg paranoia. There will always be chickens. And like that, that idea of it just being egg paranoia just really stuck with me. And I, I liked it. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, something that was said like they were reading a resume. The bad guys say, as you know, we run a baby ring. And that was just so funny to me the yeah. way they delivered it. Uh -huh. um, that That's my favorite line. Um, Vanessa, do you have a rating for this? I Sorry, I have a runner-up line as oh, well. Oh, please. Uh, when when the, the, the film crew comes out, so they invite all these film or, um, TV shows and... Um, journalist out to watch the execution of the the couple that it claimed to be the filthiest but divine is just like no we're gonna straight up murder them in our yard uh one of the journalists asks like what what's your political stance and she says kill everyone now condone first degree murder advocate cannibalism eat shit filth is my politics filth is my life yeah that was fun that was fun uh, they were convicted of the crime of assholery, right? Yep, they yeah. were convicted of the crime of assholism. <laughs> That's what it was, not assholery. Yeah. Assholism. And the way and she delivers it. And then she just it. murders them. You're convicted Shot of the crime the of assholism. Blank <laughs> headshot. Yeah. Like, just, 
And she's wearing a fabulous dress during this whole thing. Like, she's dressed to the nines. Yeah. Um, what's, what's, what's your rating? Uh, what's, what's your rating? I need to think about it. My rating is, um, and before I give it, I just want to say that this was an audience voted episode. And I want to say every single one of you who voted for this, you are a sick fuck. Um, before I rate it. You picked this for our list. I didn't know what I was picking. Your ignorance. I just knew it was a cult classic B movie, but it was like a G movie. Yeah, it doesn't deserve a rating. Um, No, the rating I'm going to give it um, is a 1 out of 50. The third movie I've rated a 1 this year. Movies for Win has truly brought me to new lows. This is alongside Cats and American Psycho 2, All-American Girl. Um, and for the little part of me that, that does have appreciation for this movie, uh, I will say a one out of 50, I think that's the way John Waters would have wanted it. I I think that's what he would want me to rate this movie. Yeah. So I don't do it with like disdain towards John Waters because honestly he seems like a... I just love that there's a famous weird guy like him, you know, (laughs) like, so... Um, I, I, I think, I think that's what he was, what's he, what he was shooting for. Yeah. Yeah. I think I give it, um, one boiled egg out of 12 dozen boiled eggs in honor of Edie. (laughs) Not as much as she loves those little eggies. She loves those little eggies. Um, all right. Vanessa. (laughs) Yeah. What is the best movie for when uh, you're behind on your annual movie list? I, Gumby's gonna take it this week. Yeah. God damn it, Will. Gumby. You, I, I had a good time with Gumby. It's not my fault that I fell asleep. I, I really tried. I yeah. loved what I saw, and I had a good time. I think Gumby turned me into a polytheist because I now believe in the deification of both Nicolas Cage and Gumby. Yeah. Um, I, I, Aren't they all one? Gumby is Nicolas Cage. All is Gumby. All is Gumby. Um, I, All is Cage. I, I did rate Good Morning Vietnam higher, to be honest. I didn't really like any of the movies we covered this week, sure. despite it being our movie list. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you get some duds when you're trying to go through some iconic movies. You know what? Bottom of the barrel is still in a yeah. barrel. I think Will's enthusiasm for Gumby really took it up to the winner. I think. Agreed. Agreed. This is the Gumby episode featuring Good Morning Vietnam and, P- and Pink Flamingos. <laughs> yes, they, they like, exactly. They like opened for Gumby, yeah. except we did them after because Will had something else to do. Yes. <laughs> very, very true. All right. Well, next week, Greg will be back. Uh, who knows if Vanessa will be back. We always love when she pops in, producer and savior of the show. Hello. Um, I believe Greg and I are going to cover uh, blockbuster movies from this summer. Um, I think that's what we're planning to do as uh, summer is uh, mercifully starting to come to an end. We're going to reflect on some of the biggest blockbusters that came out this year. Um, we wanted to do block bummers, um, but then I realized we'd have to watch three bad movies, and I don't want to do that. We just did that. Yeah, and honestly, we're doing blockbusters anyway, so we might watch three bad movies that made a lot of money. That's kind yeah. of what I think is going to yeah. happen. Um, I'm pretty sure. Or are we going to have to watch Top Gun? Oh, fuck. We're going to have to watch Top Gun and Jurassic World Dominion. Yep. <sighs> well, making this podcast sure sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's what's coming down the pipe. We'll see you all next week. Uh, Vanessa, do you want to do the catchphrase? Yeah. What happens when you're one to watch movies? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
Vanessa doesn't listen to the show, we just found out. Oh, I know I do. I was just, I was making a funny, just being, having a laugh. Uh, I'm Vanessa, the producer, Taylor. This is Denny, the Denny Taylor. <laughs> Denny, the DJ, Taylor. Why am I a DJ? I don't know. <laughs> what are you normally? Denny the Talent Taylor. That's what it is. It's late. I'm tired. This has been Movies for When. We already told you when. But you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? I'm a policeman. See my badge? Just like him!